Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And you paid them all up front? That's correct. Why? I know. Um, right? At this point, Never. I'd interact ever, with Chris. Ever, ever, ever. And, yeah. How did, how did that go for you? <laughs> This is the plaintiff, Timothy Curtis Johnson. He says he hired the defendant, a piano tuner, to install a piano humidifier called a piano lifesaver. And the guy's been giving him the royal runaround for months. The defendant scammed him out of 500 bucks, and that's why he's suing him here and now, in this court, today. This is the defendant, Christopher Friel. He says he made multiple attempts to set up a time with the plaintiff to install the piano lifesaver, but they somehow could never connect. He really wants to rectify this situation because one unhappy piano client is like having a hundred unhappy piano clients in this day and age. He's accused of being out of tune with things. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Johnson. Um, you hired Mr. Friel to do what? Uh, to install a piano humidifier system into my piano here. And what is that exactly? A uh, humidifier system basically regulates the amount of humidity inside a piano. It's a external device. It's about this large. And you put it inside of the piano. Okay. And how much were you paying him to do that? $500. Okay. How did you find him to hire him to do that? Did you know him from before? Did he come recommended? Uh, he came recommended from the store that I purchased the piano from. Uh, it's a local piano store here. So I met him through that store and that purchase. All right, so you, you actually forwarded to him the entire job was gonna cost $500, is that correct? Yeah, that includes the installation of the device and the cost of the device. Okay, and you paid them all up front? That's correct. Why? I know. Um, right? At this point, Never. I'd interacted ever, with Chris, ever, ever. and yeah. Yeah. How did, how did that go for you? <laughs> Tell me. Um, well, after the payment was submitted on the November 13th, um, basically, Chris had six no-shows where we scheduled, which you can all see through the text. And then he eventually arrived on December 11th. So this is two months later. Um, and what did he do on December on 11th? On the 11th, he uh, claims that he has the device inside his car. Um, he also, in text messages, says that he uh, purchased the device and has the device. Uh, but basically, on the 11th, he comes in. He says he wants to leave the device in his car for a bit and work on the piano and get it ready, I guess, for um, the install. 
when he's there doing that, eventually he says, hey, your piano actually needs a dowel, which is a wooden insert, uh, because the piano's thinner than he anticipated. Um, so he would have to show up the next day with the dowel to complete the install. So keep in mind, I've never seen the device, came in, said that. Um, then never heard from him again from there. Um, and now we're here. Mr. Friel, what happened? You got full and complete payment for a job you didn't do. Um, yes, I, I actually, I've known Tim for a little while. Um, I mean, I, I went over there, he has a beautiful upright piano. Unfortunately, when you have an upright piano in the humidifier system, you have to hang it over the, the whole bar, the whole pedal assembly and everything as well. Um, and when you have a 20-something thousand dollar upright, you know, you have to make sure it's done right. And so if it's not done correctly, then, then that's just the way it goes on, on, on that end. Um, yes, I have had some no-shows. And, um, I, you know, I, I told him I apologize for that. But I've done, what, four or five jobs prior to that for your piano to continue to work on it. Um, hours, countless hours of to be able to bring the action up to how you want. Tim is a great player and he's a great teacher. Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, as far as that goes, I, I do have the system. Um, I do have that. Right. And I, well, I, mean, like I don't I understand. Uh, stop, 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 stop. November, he paid you in full to do a job. Why haven't you done the job? What is your answer to that? Truthfully, you know, my uncle did. My, my uncle died um, literally almost about three weeks after that. And so since he was there, he lives up in Washington. Um, so that was really hard on the family. We had to leave uh, multiple times. But then also he doesn't mention the, the fact that he had to go and do jobs or he had to be on virtual, virtual assistant to be able to do piano jobs or piano teaching. Um, the problem is really is it takes a little while to do it. You I'm know, sorry, not, I don't like see I a single, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get, yeah, listen, listen, this is a bunch of mumbo jumbo. The guy paid you $500 on November 13th to do a job. You didn't do it. You show up, yeah. you, you made appointments, because I can see it in the text. I, I, I don't see anything yeah. about him being unavailable. I see you being no-shows. That's what I see over and over again. I see him being incredibly patient. I see him giving you another opportunity, another opportunity. There, I've yeah, got you saying yeah. your best, I'm, mm -hmm. excuse me, excuse me. I see you saying that your best friend died, not that your uncle died. Yeah. Which is it, your best friend or your uncle? Both, literally a month apart. They were a month apart, yeah. Literally. Okay, Fourth well, level. then, yeah, then, uh, yeah that's a reason gallon. to miss yeah. an appointment and then, and then text him and say, hey, I can't make it, something horrible happen. But what you do is there's four days where you don't even surface, where he just keeps going, you can't, and I, I don't even understand. Anybody else, Mr. Johnson, would have gotten angry sooner and just said, stop, you know? At one point, you actually offered to bring him an ounce of marijuana, right, for his troubles, because you've really, <laughs> you've strung him along so much. You know, I mean, I, I'm looking at the text. I mean, there's not a single goes, moment where he's unavailable. And no, as far as it goes, return the guy's money. Why haven't you return the guy's money because otherwise well, then you just I, look like a thief not a busy guy really, or a morning guy uh, well, but a thief because it's since I november mean, and you haven't can, done the job show me proof you bought the humidifier okay um i can go on my phone and and, and do the for pacific piano sales yeah okay so go ahead and take a look there and see show me a receipt for even having bought the humidifier I mean, I do maybe 40 a year and maybe more um, as far as the installs go. Okay, just show so, me one for November. Yeah. Show me a course, receipt that matches the November date where you said you were going out there to buy the humidifier right now. And I'll be there. I'm buying it in an hour. That's what you said. I'd like okay. to see a receipt for November. Of course. Of course. I don't know what's going on. It shows four bars on my phone. 
I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's crazy. Crazy. Excuse my language. <clears throat> still saying no connection. What the heck is going on? Mr. Johnson, you don't think he ever bought a humidifier, do you? That's correct, Your Honor. You think he just pocketed your money? And why do you think that? Um, That's not the case. Pacific Piano Sales, and I actually spoke with one of their employees, and as, as I submitted in evidence, an email, he said his most recent transaction with Pacific Piano um, was July 21st. Um, that's the last time he purchased anything from them. He did purchase a humidifier at that time, but that was months before our interaction. Additionally, a few corrections, if you don't mind. Um, the piano is not a $20,000 $20, piano. Uh, as you saw in the receipt, which I also submitted, it's a $9,000 piano. Um, and lastly, he made a total gro of two my house. The Grotrian? This Grotrian. And lastly, uh, what? He made, a total, Go ahead. he made a total of two visits to my house prior to the purchase of the device on November 13th. Um, no, four. Those two visits. Four visits. Were... You got paid $500 to put in a humidifier that you didn't put in. You went in, you said you needed a dowel. Why didn't you go back the next day? Because by then the funerals were well past. So why didn't you go back on the next day with the dowel and finish the and do the job? Oh, yes. I, I, I mean, I, want, I definitely want to take care of this. Definitely. Yes, I do. No, I no. Want, want that time has passed. I'm in. not asking you what you want to yes. do. I am asking you why didn't you on December 12th? I'd like an answer. Why didn't you go back? Why did you leave when him hanging system, a when you sixth this, time? When you install the system, okay, it takes about four and a half hours to five hours to install it. Plus, I have to tune it twice afterwards because it starts to expand, and then I have to go back the next day. He is actually a. Oh, piano just too much work. You can't. It's you can't be teaching work. piano. It's you can't, no, it's just you can't be yeah. teaching piano. Yeah, that's why. And, uh, that's why it it's so time. audacious that you have all these excuses yeah. because the guy would keep blocking out four hours for you, which he did six times. I can see you. You know, I can see you when you're raising your eyebrows to whoever's in the room, right? I can see you. Mm -hmm. All right. Listen. Over and over, the guy would make an appointment with you, block off those hours, and guess who was a no-show? The guy who didn't teach for a living. So you just keep no-showing, he keeps giving you chances, and you don't do it, and it's everybody else's fault. The dog ate my homework, I'm mourning my best friend. Oh, no, wait, I'm mourning my uncle. It's ridiculous. Give him back the $500, which is what you should have done before you walked into my courtroom. Verdict for the yes. plaintiff and the amount of the $500. You've, I take it you've already hired somebody else to do this, right? Yeah, it's already done. Mr. And Johnson? It took about an hour and a half. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to order you to return the $500 plus prejudgment statutory interest from November 13th to now, plus, of course, your court costs. That's my verdict. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you. So the plaintiff is finally going to get his $500 back. The uh, defendant, Mr. Friel, this doesn't make your business look too good, you know? Too many excuses. What, what do you have to say? As far as it goes, I mean, every day I work, I, I have eight, eight appointments a day for the last year. Um, so, I mean, as far as it goes, I take care of every artist, and I feel terrible about that. And I really don't like that to happen. I do want to take care of Tim. And unfortunately, when you can't see eye to eye, anger happens. It, it, these things happen. But I'm glad that it can get taken care of today. Well, if, if you really had wanted to take care of it, you would have done it before he had to file a lawsuit against you. That's really the bottom line. Mr. Johnson, let me ask you, how do you feel about this? You, you finally got up uh, the gumption to go sue him. You had to do that, right? Yeah. Chris is a very, very talented tuner, and I was really, really excited to work with him. Um, he brought out a sound that made me feel like I could play the instrument even better. 
Um, and I was really excited about that relationship. Chris, whatever is going on and whatever happened um, in your personal life that you couldn't make our meetings work, I really hope you get it together, man, because you're a really, really, really talented piano tuner. And the world of piano tuning, the world of piano is so fragile because of keyboards. Uh, we can't have this kind of stuff infecting it. You know, it's uh, it changes kids' lives in a world where we're all addicted to screens. So I really, really hope, well, you're- you know, um, things get better. You're very complimentary to him. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Very interesting case indeed. Harvey? Well, Doug, this is a great example of what not to do. Never pay in full before a service is rendered. Let me repeat that. Never, ever pay in full ahead of time. And that's because the other person then loses an incentive to get the job done because he's got all the money. So pay 50% maximum ahead of time if you have to. And frankly, if you could pay less, I would advise that. But no way, no how, pay the full amount in advance. Marilyn, where were you when you first found out that you won an Emmy? Oh, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I was, uh, <laughs> we were watching Harry Potter with our kids. That could have been any night. I know. <laughs> and I was washing dishes. It was really glamorous. I was in pajamas yeah, washing dishes. And my executive producer called and said, hey, congratulate me. I said, why? He goes, I'm an Emmy Award winning producer. Oh, and then wow. I said, oh, that's great. Congrats. And then I realized what he was saying, that the show had won an Emmy. <laughs> that meant you won an Emmy. <laughs> that I, too, was an Emmy oh, winner. Emmy. Yeah, it was a oh, lot of fun. Oh, that was, that was your first Emmy, That's right? the first Emmy. Do you remember where you were the second one? I do. We actually uh, we went to California for the second one, and we won that one. Yeah, that's right. Yep, and, yep. of course, the third one, which we will call the COVID, the COVID Emmy. Emmy. I'm actually going to make a little, a little mask for that Emmy. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is the plaintiff, Keith Wilson. He says he rented a room to the defendant, and the guy abruptly stopped paying rent to him. He's tried everything under the sun to get this guy to pay up. He hasn't, so he's suing him for the $1,455 he's owed. This is the defendant, Hesoid White. He says he was all caught up with the rent after falling behind when COVID hit. But he was fed up with the plaintiff's rude attitude, moved out, and owes this man nothing. He's accused of skipping out. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says the defendant owes of money and all he's getting is the runaround and he's had it. Now the defendant says the plaintiff is as rude as they come and he owes nothing and feels the judge is going to agree. It's the case of premature withdrawal. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, Your Honor. Okay, Mr. Wilson, 
you were renting space to Mr. White. Tell me what kind of place this is. Was that your home? Do you rent out different rooms to people? What kind of place is this? Yes, um, it's my home. And uh, we do rep 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 rooms out to different people. Okay. For how much a month? I believe it was 475 485 485 Mr. White? Yes. Okay. And according to you, Mr. Wilson, he didn't pay you June, July, August, or September, correct? Correct. When did he move out? The mid-September. Okay. And what would he tell you? What excuses was he giving you for not paying you rent? Kept saying they messed up his check. He didn't get his card. They messed, I mean, he was telling me every, every, every excuse going to the sun. And I knew, and I knew it was bull, but you know what? I was going through some grievance because my mother just passed and I was, and I, you know what I'm saying? I was, I wasn't really going through a lot and um, I just really wanted him out. Just, just get out. Finally, I see him outside with him and his mother and somebody else moving out. And it was like right around my birthday. That's why I remember so good. Cause that's a, thank you for my birthday. Thank you for my birthday present. Okay. Um, so according to you, he moved out in September. Mr. Uh, and then he left you left owing all this rent. Now he did have a security deposit of four eighty five, correct? Yes, he did. Okay. Um, so my question to you, Mr. White, he says you owe him all this rent. What's your answer to that? I don't believe I do. Um, actually, I left out the middle of July, and I did pay him four months of rent. That's including the. Um, security deposit for March, April, May, and June. And July, used for um, my security deposit for July. Can you prove you moved out in July? I cannot prove I moved out in July. And I cannot prove that I paid um, June because he didn't give me a receipt for June. Well, what do you think's gonna happen? If you can't prove that you paid something in, because you paid in cash without getting a receipt, you can't just come into court and say, did too, did too. So, um, I understand and that. if you left in July, then that also means you didn't pay July. So June and July, no. you are admitting to. And now what we have is August and September to discuss. Where were you living in August and September, according to you? I, was, I moved with my mother. Okay. So is your mother here to testify? No, she's not, unfortunately. Okay. Well, he says he very clearly, I, I found it interesting that in your answer to the complaint, you say, I vividly remember leaving in July, uh, which was a funny choice of words. Um, you know when you left, a move is a big thing. It's a stressful thing. And if you have witnesses yeah. to your move because you've been living at your mother's house, it should be very easy for you to prove that you've been out of there since July. Prove to me that you've been out of there since July. Mr. Wilson, do you have proof that he was still there in September? For example, were you sending him any texts uh, in August or September telling him I need the rent or you need to get out or something like that that would show me that he's lying and that he didn't leave in July. Well, you have a receipt from the court in Schenectady that I filed in July. Right. So you, he, you filed the eviction in July, or actually you filed the paperwork to start the eviction in July, and what it actually says is you have until August 31st to get out. And then what he does is he leaves in September. It makes sense to me. But I'm asking you, do you have any text between you and him that would show that he was still there in August? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Do you have any text between you and he? I, I erase everything because my phone doesn't store that much. So when you go, when they leave, okay. it leaves. Okay. But I know not to. I know not to now. 
Yeah, either that or just, you don't have to store everything. Just take a picture of it and email it to yourself, and then you can get rid of it so that you have the proof. But you should always probably video someone leaving because then that'll be date stamped also. And then you don't have uh, a swearing match. But uh, Mr. White, you are the person in the unique position to be able to prove to me when you left, and you are certainly not doing it. If your defense to owing the rent is, oh, no, no, I left earlier, then you're the guy who has to prove it, and you haven't. So I have June, July, August, and the security deposit covering one of those months. So what is owed is three months' rent, and I'm finding in favor of the plaintiff and the amount that, it is, that he is suing for of $1,455. Pay the man, Mr. White. So the plaintiff prevails. Mr. White, the defendant, uh, judgment day has arrived, so to speak. You got to pay him $1,455. What are you thinking? I wish that I had my evidence to prove my side of the story. Well, you didn't, and that's really what cost you the, yes. the case, at least partly of it, you know? I understand well, that's now. That's about it? All right. Yes, unfortunately. $1,400. I wish the best. All right. Well, Good luck to you. Uh, Mr. Wilson, this has been a rough road for you. I know you said his moving out was like a birthday present for you. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. I, I, wa I wanted him out. Yep. Well, you're going to get the money, $1,455, just what he owes you. And uh, obviously, it was worthwhile going through that. What about filing the lawsuit? You glad of that? You did that? Well, I'm not, I, just, I just wanted my case to be won. That's it. I, that, that, that's, that's as far as it's going to go. Do you have many problems like this with, with renters who come in to live in your house with you? Fortunately, it happens. I mean, I got another one that I had to take the court, court as well. Well, I'm sorry. For, maybe you should be more Keep selective about uh, who you let move in with you. Anyway, that'll do it for the case. It's pretty cut and dry. Right. You win and, and you get your money back. Okay. Well, congratulations. Okay, Doug, here's the thing. Um, if you are a tenant and you are moving out, you got to let the landlord know in writing when that move out date is, when you actually moved out. This is a good example that if you don't do that, you just leave, then all of a sudden it's loosey-goosey and the landlord's going to say, no, he left later and therefore he owes rent. You got to put it in writing. That is the cardinal rule in most of these cases. Hey judges, to each of you, are you a pessimist, optimist, or realist? Question from Amy. Well, I would say that I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so more of an optimist most of the time. Um, I think you're going to see it a little bit differently, and I reserve the right to have some rebuttal to whatever the hell Wait, you say I, about uh, well, Oh. <laughs> no, no. You are, no, I, I think you're an optimist. Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, they say optimists look at situations and they see an opportunity and the pessimist looks at a situation and sees the dangers that I, lie. Let me rephrase that. I think you're a happy pessimist. I don't oh. think you're an optimist. I think you will look at a situation and the kids make fun of you right. because you'll go nuts. This is a disaster of biblical proportions. Yes, like it's a, you do have a tendency to overreact. Right. Somebody that. just spilled right. a glass of milk yeah, and yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. So, so, um, but you do look optimistically at right. what might happen tomorrow, I guess. Right. Um, the problem and you're being, happy. The problem with being a perpetual optimist or usually an optimist like me is that 
you end up getting bit by the same dog over and over and over. Exactly, again. which is why right? I am what I like to call a realist. Yes. If you expect nothing, you will not be disappointed. Right. I just assume that um, things are going to go wrong, so I plan for it. Right. And it's a tough way to go through life, but I am seldom disappointed. No, that's true. Right. <laughs>
Is there anything that Mr. Hampton represented? The basis of your lawsuit is what? Because you know this is a used boat and it's an as-is sale. Your bill of sale specifically has the words as-is, even if it didn't by Correct. default under the law, it's as-is. And as-is has a Correct. meaning. You feel that he lied about something. What was the something he lied about? Um, well, around the engine, I sent some pictures in, or around the seal, it was, uh, caulking was used to hide it as far as the leaks of the water, which would cost about thirty-five dollars to $3,800 for it to be fixed. Um, and you could clearly tell that it was coated to cover it up, um, which is what was the show main me, Show me what it is I'm supposed to see. Go ahead. That. You see the red, the red and white? It was all covered in white. Yeah. And then once we took it out, you could tell it started peeling off. Um with its original painting. But everything around that was caulking or maybe a epoxy white uh, plastered. Right, but that's visible to the eye. There was no, like, I mean, this is a really, how, how old is this boat, Mr. Hampton? Um, I believe it is uh, 1967, if I'm correct. Sean, if, um, if I'm correct, I, I, I don't have. Yes, yeah, 76 Tahiti, yes. Correct. 76. All right, and these pictures are showing what? What? What is it? Like he's got his thumb here and some red, and what? What? What's going on there? Yeah, so that's that's it. Mr. Hampton, off. Mr. Hampton, um, what's going on there? Mr. Hampton, what's going when, on there? When I when I purchased the boat from a gentleman up in um, north north of Bakersfield, that was on there. So when I bought the boat for myself, I bought it for eight hundred dollars. Um, that was already on there, and what I did was reseal it, and so I did put um, extra caulking on the outside of that. But that red caulking was already okay. there when I purchased the boat. Okay. And for the epoxy, I placed that epoxy on at Mr. Lopez's house in front of his um, apartment when we were there. Okay. Mr. Um, Lopez, you call Mr. Hampton when you take it to the boatyard, and you ask him to help out with the repairs, correct? Yes, with the carburetors, because they, uh, there was apparently two versus one. And um, I had already paid for most of the other stuff that was on that list on uh, that you presented. Um, and he was kind so, enough to go ahead and he's like, yeah, you know what? He felt bad and he went uh, and paid them 200 bucks for one of the carburetors. So he paid 200 bucks. Um, for mm -hmm. one of the carburetors. What, so on what basis do you get to return the, well, not just return the boat. You want him to pay for all the repairs and pay you what you paid for the boat. And so you get a free boat that's repaired. But tell me how it, um, what, what is the legal thing he did wrong? Um, um, I, I, I did, feel that in the, in the ad, when I asked him clearly if it was water ready, um, clearly the boat was not. Um, and as you could tell the pictures, you know, uh, the, the caulking on there is kind of what uh, was misleading, right? Because if I would have saw that, I, I definitely would not have purchased that boat knowing that there could be leaks, issues of that sort. Um, but, you know, he started the boat up when we were there, so he sounded good. You know, he said it was just a carburetor, so I took it to the shop. It did. It got going. But once we got into the waters where the big problem really came into place. Mr. Hampton, let me hear from you. Yes, ma'am. Um, I did tell him that day uh, that we were in front of our, my house that, uh, or actually it was on the phone, um, that if he wanted to pay for the fee to take it out to the lake, he can. And that I did tell him, you know, I redid, I did re-caulk around that, um, but I, I never had it on the water. 
I, I put that in a text message or in the message that I sent over for the evidence that I never had it out in the water. Um, all I did was I stuck water inside the boat as you fill the boat up because I, I do part time. I recondition little boats and et cetera. And I put the water in the boat. And no water came out. I never had it out on the water at all at that. Um, okay. You know, so when when I got the call, I was. I told him in the message, I'm sorry, but I, did, I didn't know anything about this. You know, I wasn't right, trying to... Right, but my question to you is, when, when you tell him that I've never had it out on the water, was that before or after he mm -hmm. bought it? Um, that was before I bought it. I mean, I told him that in, okay. in my front yard, we can take it out if you wanted to pay the fee to take it out onto the lake. And he goes, well, I'll go by your word. And that's, that's all I had on, on that. And I told him it was right already. It was right already. It ran, et cetera. It was ready to go. I didn't know anything about that. All I did was reseal that, recalk it because I seen that. And um, I didn't know any water was going to come in. I don't know to, that is not my ability to know that. I don't know the mechanics of that part of it. But I mean, no, I, that's why everybody should, before they make a several thousand dollar purchase, test it. But nobody wants to spend. How, what does it cost to put it on the lake? Hundred bucks? Like what, what would it cost? Twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars. But nobody wants to pay twenty five dollars and put it on the lake and see if they really want to buy it. They just, ah, hey, you're a stranger. Let me go by your word. And you have no expertise. Let me go by your uh, statement. Great boat. Mr. Lopez, you know, yeah. and you have an additional issue, Mr. Lopez, which is that, you know, you complain about it. And then the guy, instead of saying, hey, tough, as is, like most of my litigants do, he turns around and, and pays $200 towards your problem, um, which one might call a court and satisfaction. And that's a new agreement between you guys that supersedes anything else. But I don't even have to get to that because I'm looking at your, your bill of sale, which is clearly as is. And I'm not really seeing any of the stuff that you paid for. It doesn't show, for example, if a guy says these are four brand new tires and it turns out, no, they're not. Well, you lied. That is a specific warranty. Can you point to anything other than that he says, great, yeah, great boat. It'll be great. Other than that, is there anything specific? For example, he had said that he put in a new carburetor. It turns out now there's two. So he went ahead and he paid for the other one. Um, he says that there were new seals. Uh, did you find out that was a lie? He says it was a new impeller. Did you find out that was a lie? Was there anything he lied about to you? Yeah, those those part adjustments definitely were uh, part of that. I'm, I'm not saying that he lied, but when I did take it to the shop, they did say all the things that he did 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 say that did not need to be replaced were replaced. And there are they are in the messages that I included in there. He said he changed the impeller, the starter, but that wasn't the case. I still paid those as well. And um, Well, you paid somebody else to change the impeller. Hold on one second. What were you saying, Mr. Hampton? I did not change the starter. When we were in front of my house, I started up the boat for him. When they took it to the shop, all of this, um, you know, they gave me a call. He said, hey, the starter needs to be repla replaced. Uh, well, I mean, I just started yeah. in front of your, the house, I mean, 20 minutes ago. Right, right. Now, the impeller you had replaced, correct? And I saw a receipt yes. for the impeller. Yes, I do. I do have the receipt right here. It's a really simple thing to put in. You take the four bolts out, put it in, put the four bolts back in, done. And the carburetor you had replaced, I guess there were two, but you replaced one, is yeah, that there correct? Was well, there's two carburetors. I, I rebuilt the carburetors. I have the receipt for that as well. I rebuilt the whole carburetor. I saw that. I just didn't, not, did not know how to re, uh, or just adjust them to because they have to co coexist with each other. It's kind of ridiculous on that on those um, 
on those motors. So I told him, hey, you would have to get these adjusted. I don't know how to adjust them currently or accurately. So that's when he went to take them down. When he said that it was going to cost, you know, $400 to have them done, I felt bad. I was like, wow, that's a, that's a lot for a carburetor adjustment. So I, I talked to my wife. We decided, you know, go ahead and give him the $200 for that. Um, and he did say at that point, hey, if you do pay for this, um, I'll leave you alone from here on out. And that wasn't my decision. That wasn't my turning point. I just decided to help him out because, you know, it's, I felt bad for, yeah. for I thought it was going to be about 60 bucks to, re, to do that. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, Mr. Lopez, you got more than most people do who don't bother to test drive a boat, buy a used item, uh, negotiate it down by yeah, 800 bucks. Uh, by like a third and then um, complain later. This is an as-is sale. You should have test-driven it. Anything, that, the, the essence of as-is is not that both of you were wrong. It's the buyer who needs to beware. That's the saying. Buyer beware. Right. It means you got to know what you're doing when you do it. So if you, if, if you, like many litigants, don't want to have it test-driven, don't want to have an expert look at it, um, that's fine, but then it's on you. You can't complain about it later. My verdict in this case is for the defendant. Great. Mr. Lopez, what do you think about it? How do you feel? Um, I feel a little disappointed. I should have at least been reimbursed for the parts that, you know, I paid for as in regards to, he said that he did, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, it is what it is. Well, you heard the judge. It, it was an as-is sale, and you know, like a used car, you kind of get stuck on that situation. Did you really have to That's be almost right. rescued from the boat? Really? Did, I mean, did you come close to <laughs> drowning? Yeah, there was a lot of water coming in. That's for sure. Well, what about the boat now? Well, it's sitting in my driveway. Just got to get rid of it. Oh, you're going to sell it or fix it up and use it? Can't. Do I that. wouldn't do the same thing to anyone else. Uh, that wouldn't be fair. All right. Well, sorry I lost the case, but uh, you learned a lesson, and that's it for yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mr. Hampton, Mr. Hampton, it sounds like you tried to be pretty decent to him, you know? Yes, I tried to be. Um, and then what wasn't brought out in the case is that I went over to his house several weeks later and helped him replace almost everything on the trailer of, for that boat and helped him do a few other things on the boat. Uh, I spent the whole day there um, helping him on that, um, not expecting for that to happen. Um, what happened to him. So I did, had no idea about that. If I knew that was happening, I would have never sold the boat until I re, um, got it fixed up to literally have it go out of my driveway. All right. So I, I, I am sorry to him that those things did happen. But um, what, am, what am I to do at this point? You know? All righty. Well, you did your best. All right. That's it. So you're free and clear. And that'll wrap it up for the case. Harvey. Okay, Doug, Doug, here's the thing. Um, when you uh, buy something from a private party, um, you don't automatically get a warranty the way you might get uh, if you buy it from a merchant. And when you buy it from a private party and it's an as-is sale, the only way you can undo it is if there's fraud. If the boat is crappy and doesn't work, you're out of luck. Marilyn, what is your favorite part about being an empty nester? Oh, let me count the ways. <laughs> I miss my children. I love them. I really do. But we visit but, a lot. But, but. Okay. But it's yeah. kind of fun to have your life to yourself again, isn't it? Like hey, we go out. My favorite part is that we go out on weekdays now. My favorite part, uh, apart from not having to wear pants all the time in the house, <laughs> the house is a little more peaceful. You know, it's kind of chaotic with, with three uh, young and women. And neat. It's neater now. M much neater. You know, things aren't right. laying around. And uh, 
So we're not. Um, we're probably not supposed to answer this way. <laughs> I know. Hey, kids, I don't really mean it. I, I don't really mean to hurt your feelings. Lately, but, but you know, some stuff. It's some you know, stuff is very positive. It's kind of nice. It's yeah. a little quieter. You have a little more free time. A little more quiet time, and uh, a little more time with each other. A little more fun time. A little more fun time. <laughs> Definitely.